Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Planet Speak with your host, Jackie Slevin. Jackie will present some of the finer points of how astrology works and illustrate how the planets in their orbit influence activity on Earth and in the lives of humans. Taking the viewer beyond sun sign descriptions provides a sharper insight into the broad spectrum of zodiac signs, aspects, stars, and eclipses manifest on Earth. So please welcome the host of Planet Speak, Jackie Slevin. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Planet Speak. I'm your host, Jackie Slevin, and we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network. Welcome to the new year, 2023. We closed last show with the solstice and what that means in astrology. And what I found very interesting today is that today on January 4th, 2023, the Earth is perihelion. Today, the Earth is the closest it will get to the sun throughout the entire year. This happens two weeks after every solstice. We just had the winter solstice. Two weeks later, the sun is closest to the Earth. Now, conversely, when we have the summer solstice in June, the Earth is furthest away from the sun. But we're going to talk that aside. I thought that was a very interesting tidbit for today's show going forward in 2023. But what we're going to talk about today is how we're going to move forward into 2023 with the changes that the planets make, the signs that they're entering, the signs that they're leaving, and what that means for us on Earth as humans and in world events. With me today is San Francisco astrologer Linne Van Horn. Welcome, Linne. Hi, everybody. Great. Great to be here. Great to have you with us. Lene, I know we have a whole lot to talk about, but the one thing I wanted to begin with is Pluto, the transit mm. of Pluto. He's just came out. He's now at the end of degrees of Capricorn and will enter the sign of Aquarius March 23rd. Now That's we're going right. to go back in time a little bit to the eighties when Pluto entered Scorpio in November of 1983. Mm-hmm. Scorpio's the sign of sex. Pluto reveals the underbelly of whatever sign that it's in. And we had AIDS. Mm-hmm. Okay. In January, 1995, Pluto entered Sagittarius. International travel changed. 
This was the age of hijacking. Security in airports underwent a radical change. Abuses of authority came very into sharp focus with religious figures. Sagittarius Mm -hmm. is organized religion. And religion went through another profound change in that that was when women began to be given roles of authority in traditionally male hierarchies in religion. Mm -hmm. Now, in November 2008, Saturn, I'm sorry, Pluto entered Capricorn. Capricorn is government. Mm -hmm. And 2008 was the beginning, well, it wasn't the beginning, but it was the carryover of the Great Recession. Again, see, Pluto Mm -hmm. rules other people's money and abuses of power, abuses of money. And now in March, right now, Pluto's at the tail end of Capricorn. Now in March, Pluto's going to enter Aquarius. Yes. What are your views on this? Well, I'm a little nervous. However, I have come up with a key phrase that I think will help everybody to navigate their way through Pluto in Aquarius. And that key phrase is power to the people. Okay. Power it. to the people. Is that not great? Because we, we tend to focus with Pluto on its um, effects of destruction and death and ignore the fact that it also has to do with the regeneration and the rebuilding of things that through the sign in which it's touching. So uh, it's it truly, um, because it's the slowest planet in our solar system, the one that carries and conveys the most power and the most ability to create profound change and even quantum leaps forward. So while I'm a little bit, the things that make me nervous about Pluto in Aquarius are because Aquarius is a cold dry sign. It's a fixed air sign. And so a lot of people associate the sign of Aquarius with being a humanitarian. But I'm here to tell you, it it is not a humanitarian sign unless that is the idea or the ideologue that is being brought down to earth. And the dark belly, I think, of Pluto in Aquarius is is the... um, Uh, continued uh, proliferation of power through social media. How do we communicate uh, information to the masses? How do they receive this information? There will be a lot of social, intellectual um, disruption at first. Pluto is a planet of disruption. And then it takes almost the entire time for the true meaning of the planet to truly manifest. But if Aquarius is the sign of the people, which throughout history it has been, and not just the people, but the underprivileged people, people of right. color, people who were poor, people right. who were disadvantaged, who were right. who were cast out of their original country. So right. these are the people, I think, who stand to benefit the most from Pluto in Aquarius. If we could just keep our... Uh, our, our ideas to a um, humanitarian and more uh, humane way of approaching things. The thing that scares me a little of Aquarius is that it can be quite hard and dry, fact-oriented, and not quite as soft in the heart as we right. will have when Pluto moves into into Pisces 20 years hence. <laughs> so, right. Well, yes. think about what happened in February 1964. We had this massive stellium. Remember, folks, a stellium is when a cluster of planets gather in one sign. In February 1964, we had a stellium, what, what, five or six planets in Aquarius? Massive stellium. Oh, yeah, 62, February 62. That's when that was. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Everything changed in the 60s. 
every the complete fabric of social structure underwent mm-hmm. a complete revolution aquarius is the sign of revolution and mm-hmm. another key word for aquarius is radical and mm-hmm. radical means to the root the mm-hmm. etymology of the word radical means to the root so things are going to change fundamentally as like the, it, wherever you have pluto in your horoscope is where you will change from a caterpillar into a butterfly there's a great metamorphosis going on and right whether you like it or not, it's not about what, like the, the, the caterpillar doesn't say, you know, I don't really want to be a butterfly now. It doesn't matter what you like. This is the time yeah. of the season. This is what's going to happen. And right. when it's going through the metamorphosis, it's, uh, 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 no, I think I, I think I want to go back and be a caterpillar. No, you can't go back and be a caterpillar. You must. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And one of the most no. interesting things about the Pluto in Aquarius is that it means that the people who have Pluto in Leo who are basically the boomers. So Pluto was in Leo from 1938 to 1957. I looked this up yesterday. And uh, so the people who were born in that time interval are now beginning to have their Pluto opposite Pluto, which is like, whoa, because normally, I mean, well, the cycle of Pluto is 250 years. So you would think half of that is 125. People should not be getting their Pluto opposite Pluto till they're 125. But Pluto (laughs) does not spend an equal amount of time in each no. and every sign. This is the a, a, a remarkable thing about this planet. And we happen to be born when Pluto was entering the fastest part of its cycle. Right. So right. we who, who are on the earth right now have experienced Pluto through more signs than any other generation in the whole cycle. And right. so the Pluto and Leo, the boomers, are now about to have their Pluto opposite Pluto. And I've heard various people, not just in the field of astrology, but in other fields saying, oh, when are those boomers going to let go of their grips on the reins of power and it's like oh man you you forget we had to get the grips of power from the pluto and cancer generation finger by dead finger so we're not really ready to just you know give it up but this is the beginning of the process of the boomers handing power over gracefully let us pray to the next generation uh, this, this is the this is the beginning of the sort of end of the of the boomer generation, and we'll, we're entering retirement. We're gonna you know head head away from the field of active um, involvement now, and I think it's a it's a time and a, a timely and appropriate thing. Of course, people who were born earlier in that interval in the late 30s and early 40s are you know they're in their late 70s and 80s now, so they're like yeah okay here reign to power take it. Right. So that's an interesting feature of this. Uh, Pluto going into Aquarius Mm -hmm. is affecting a lot, a lot of people. Right. I remember in the early 60s, or especially in the, uh, in, in 1964, the Beatles came on TV, the fringe people come into focus and fringe movements prevail. Mm -hmm. Right. Completely prevail and take over the society. Now, one of the things I think, one of the many things I think that we can look for when Pluto enters Aquarius is an increase. Now we're already seeing this now, but it's only going to increase more use of robots and AI everywhere oh, yes. you look, yes. everywhere you look. If you yes. think it's inconvenient, so you have to go check yourself out of the supermarket, it's only going to increase. I, right. I, I'm coming to the conclusion that we're going to take our own blood pressure in the doctor's office. I mean, we're going to have to be doing everything. <laughs> we, we don't need a travel agent. Power to we the people. Uh-huh. Right, right. All power to the people. And it's going to be put on the people. There will be a social revolution. Yes. And, with, and in order to have a social revolution, you have to have civil unrest. Discontent. So Yes. Yes. And there was an intense civil unrest in the 60s with the war in Vietnam and civil rights. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying that we're going to see a carbon copy of that, but the, we will see it in one form or another in the same genre, I shouldn't say, in the same purview, but possibly for different specific reasons. But we will see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So a period of time of potential revolution and, and certainly turning things on its head the way the, our, our historic views will be challenged and disrupted and, and we'll be forced to change and to, and to grow and to accept a new, uh, new reality. And I'm very hopeful. I have two planets in Aquarius myself, so this is a sign that's near and dear to my heart. And I'm very hopeful, in fact, that um, that people will wind up better at the end than they do at the be- than they do at the beginning with we have the terrible uh, imbalance you know between the very rich and the very poor so many very poor so few very rich and that we want to see sort of a redistribution of of goods and services to a more um, equal type of uh, distrib- distribution scheme or yeah, well, scheme yes of- i mean aquarius is egalitarianism mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm we're going to see that escalate in ways that we haven't before. Right. And it could be things like, oh, you know, that mansion over there that you're living in by yourself. Yeah, that's really not going to work for us anymore. So hand the keys over and thanks very much for your sacrifice for the, for the greater good. You know, that's and then very, 30 yes, people will move into the mansion, you know. That's a very <laughs> radical way of looking at it. But yes, I'm not saying that that will happen, mm-hmm. but that's the thinking. It's right. almost like communism, you know, like during exactly. the Russian Revolution. You know, you can't yeah. live in the palaces. All the all the all the peasants are going to move into the palace now. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these yeah. are the things in the dark underbelly that I'm a little bit oh, but we're all like oh. Whenever planet, <laughs> whenever Pluto moves into a new sign, it's like what's going to happen next? So. Yes. Um, and and days come and days go and things happen and they go well look at that you know Pluto and whatever sign so um, and, and the thing is uh, Jackie that it's it's going to take a couple of years you know for Pluto to really move into Aquarius it goes back and forth and dithers and and it spends a long time in that twenty nine degree of Capricorn that very last degree which is such a crazy degree because it's like you're moving to a new country and your whole house is packed up but you can't even find your toothbrush but you're not in the new country yet so it's it's a real strange, you know, sensation yes. is that last degree and first degree of a sign. Straddling two yeah. worlds. Yes. Always straddling right. two worlds with a, with a uh, 29 degree. It's called an anoretic right. degree. Crisis right. degree. Right. The anoretic degree. That's right. Because and not- it's not just Pluto that's there, but Neptune no. also. It's next door neighbor. And then by the time this all happens, Uranus will be ready to move into a new sign. So between, I think, 24 and 25, um, all three of those planets will be changing signs. And so we, we are, again, on this cusp of just... Just like a whole new, a whole new day, and uh, and so one of the things that I wanted to convey, just to change the conversation very slightly, is sure. to is to say that we are coming out of um, of a, a a very dark and uh, deep, you know, period. Deep is I use that word on purpose because we really have been scraping the bottom of the barrel, in no matter what kind of graph or any any way that you look at it. But that that deepest darkest point is behind us now. Okay, it's behind us, and we are now on the ramp. Up, okay, which sounds great, and it is great, but mountain climbing is arduous. It's hard work, you know, and so we have to remember, uh, number one, that all of us were like in a little uh, competition to be incarnated on this plane at this time during this period of time. It's like winning the lottery that we have been here. So I want each and every person who's listening to this to really grasp and understand how 
amazing it is that you were abs- that you were here in this moment on the earth a developmental cycle it's such an incredibly potent moment to be here and there's a reason for each and every one of us to be here so understand your it's an honor to be here we've come through a very difficult time everybody is exhausted and traumatized and yes. now we're beginning the arduous hike uphill so we have right. to be very patient with ourselves yes. give ourselves lots of love lots of you know courage and and uh and support so yes that was one of the and things that i really wanted to convey today yeah we will get up to the top of the hill when we come back from our first commercial break we'll be right back <laughs> What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values philosophies and competencies find settings that allow them to be the most productive and track their progress towards accomplishing goals listen to john hawkins my strategy saturdays 1 p.m eastern on the bbm global network and tune in radio good afternoon welcome back to planet speak i'm your host jackie slevin and we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network. With me today is San Francisco astrologer Lene Van Horn, and we're talking about the year ahead and what's happening up in the heavens. Now, when we just, right before the break, we talked about arduous climbing up that hill and all the changes that the Pluto in Aquarius is going to bring to society and to us on Earth. But that's not the only change that's happening this year. <laughs> Right, Lene? That's right. <laughs> no, not by a long shot. It's profound, but that's only one of many. Right, right. So in addition to uh, Pluto beginning to change signs, really, it's just the beginning of the process here, and Neptune about to change signs, other planets are also, you know, faster, and so they change signs more frequently. So I'd like to pause for a second and talk about Jupiter, that wonderful planet um, of, of um, benefit and good fortune, which, you know, is so visible now in, in the uh, evening sky. So if you're not cloudy, it's really excellent every night to go out and look at Jupiter beaming down on us now. It's like a gift from the gods. So I do encourage you to actually expose yourself physically to the 
energy of the planets by going out and looking at them. I'm convinced that there is something radical and real that takes place with the direct interchange of human bodies with the planet uh, and their visibility. So... I would we have to spend the whole show talking about that. <laughs> Pull out binoculars and look for that red dot. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to see in the night sky right now. Didn't even discuss that in our in our uh, preparation. Nonetheless, Jupiter, which has just spent a period of time in Pisces, is uh, is just freshly moved into Aries, a very you know peppy, perky sign, um, and true to its nature of Aries, uh, Jupiter is zipping through this sign in only five months. Now, normally we say Jupiter spends a year in a sign, but it's very, very irregular. And so this this particular cycle, unfortunately, um, Aries gets the short shrift. And uh, so you've got to grab that uh, Jupiter transit as it, uh, as, it, as it hits your chart. And then in uh, May, I believe, it's mo- uh, Jupiter will be moving into Taurus, the next sign, um, which is, uh, of course, a sign that's much more grounded, much more fertile, gentle, you know, um, kind, uh, I mean, in the best possible expression. And so we would want to, I mean, I don't know, I think, oh, people eating, you know, nice and fat, you know, Jupiter and Taurus. (laughs) And Jupiter and Aries, Aries being a fire sign, if you're a Leo or a Sagittarius or an Aries, you're going to be on overdrive the whole time that Jupiter is in Aries because it's either conjoining your sun sign or trining it. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Get your motor running and you're going to have energy and boundless enthusiasm to accomplish whatever you want to set out to do. And you won't let anything stop you. Right. Until May, when it goes into Taurus, and you were like, what on earth have I done? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, What on earth have I done? (laughs) I can't make any money at this. What's in the fridge? No, and it's right. no but you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about the energy that uh, Jupiter supplies. Right. And so the fire signs are going to be very, very, I don't want to say amped up, but I mean energized and, and um, ambitious and, and ready to go and ready to get to work. It's, it's a really good, it's a really good um, feeling, you know. So, so I, I love Jupiter and um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I have Taurus rising, so I'm looking forward to its little transit over my ascended as long as I don't gain any more weight. That'll be just awesome. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so that's Jupiter, and then I wanted to spend just a sentence or two on Saturn because I know um, Saturn is moving into Pisces. It's done with its little stint in Aquarius now. Um, two signs that it actually you know rules, and now it's moving into Pisces, a sign where Saturn we would say is you know not exactly thrilled to be because Saturn is very you know point on, and here are the rules, and you know here's what we expect, and Pisces is like okay. Maybe. Saturn is structure. Pisces has no structure. Pisces exactly. is the ocean. Pisces are the wave. There is right. no structure. They come and go. Right. Is the wave over here? Is it over here? There are no boundaries. You cannot limit right. what a wave will do. You That's cannot right. tell the fish what direction to swim in. To swim in. It doesn't That's work that right. way. They go with the currents. <laughs> Right. One thing I will say about the Saturn in Pisces, though, is that we, we're making progress with mental health. Marginal people, disadvantaged people are, will be helped in ways they haven't been before. Now we have, I, we have a hotline for mental health issues. Wonderful. Which, finally, you know, finally, finally. We're, we're able to, it's like one of the last remaining um, 
you know, things that we need to, we need to shunt aside, just get over ourselves on this. I mean, having a mental illness is like having diabetes or arthritis. It's a condition that's treatable, you know, and it's, that, that's it. That's all, that's, that's all that it is. So uh, as a Pisces myself, I have to say most planets, most uh, Pisces are like, no, no, no Saturn. But I'm like, oh my God, with Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces, the way it's been for the last, you know, year or two, it's like, it is a swamp in here and lots of flotsam and jetsam floating around and you know pollution and blah so i'm like oh saturn you come with your mop and your team and let's clean up you know the sign of pisces after all this swamping and rain and so forth so i personally am looking forward to the saturn effect of of uh, kind of you know cleaning up and calming down and settling and organizing this wild pisces pisces Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Organizing yeah. and structuring. Yeah. I mean, like, so think of Niagara Falls. Okay. Think of that incredible waterfall, that force of nature. And it took a human intelligence like Tesla to harness it and use it for electricity. That would yes. be a very good use of Saturn and Pisces, right? You're organizing it would. It incredible would. force of water. Right. Yeah. You know, and actually that kind of leads me kind of, you know, in a Pisces way of looping back around with Pluto in Aquarius, we might expect the same kind of thing, a technological revolution. You know, we, we, our technology yeah. is going to have a huge quantum leap in the next 20 years with Pluto in Aquarius. We will see more use of nuclear power, I think. Mm. I think much of the danger may be removed or managed in a way Ooh. it hasn't been previously. You know, they just they just did a whole thing with fusion. Um, they uh-huh. up here at Lawrence Livermore Lab in Berkeley, they actually for the first time were able to do a an experiment with fusion energy that produced more energy than it took to create it. So uh-huh. that that was a you know that was a, a pretty big milestone in the um, pardon me. That was a big milestone in the development of alternative um, energy. So that's something we can look forward to, I think, with the Pluto and Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Different ways of harnessing energy. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So that's excellent. Okay. So um, kind of moving on with our little planetary, you know, uh, uh, right. information here. Right. So we've got, we've got uh, Pluto. We talked about Neptune here, and it's just briefly because they're not the chief points of action this year. Um, we covered uh, Saturn and Jupiter. Of course, Mars right now is in its very last days of retrograde. And uh, in about 10 days, I think it's going to start to move forward. It's still going to be in Gemini for a fairly long time, I yes. think until March. And then it moves into Cancer, a sign where it's not thrilled to be. No, um, I hate being but then, Cancer. Yes, but, but then after that, it, I think when, we, when it moves into Cancer, there's an immediate nice trine between Mars and Saturn, which is very, very excellent Wonderful. for timing. It's a, a, a work and a, accomplishing things. So that's a period of time when you can get a lot done. And the, the station. The Mars, Mars stations on January 12th at 8 degrees Gemini. Mm-hmm, so anybody right. who is anything at 8 degrees Gemini, 8 Sagittarius, 8 Pisces, yep. 8 Virgo, the mutable signs are going to get a big hit on that day. Right. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly. And also, so. hold your temper on that day. If you have something yes. to say. Think long and hard, count to 10 before you start losing it on that day. Yes. And actually, any, when we have Mars prominent, such as a stationary uh, point that we're about to approach in just a few days, you want to avoid um, all the negative expressions of Mars, which is basically things that are hot and sharp and uh, pokey and fast. Okay. So don't drive too fast. Avoid no. road rage. Um, don't, you know, don't start your uh, glass blowing class, you know, with, with, with this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with all those hot, all that heat and those tools. Right. That, that's right. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So it, so you, you will avoid Mars injury if you can by being slow and careful right. as much as you can. Yeah. Watch yourself around the oven. Grab the oven mitt. Yep. Don't be brave. Yep. You know? yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. With, 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 with Mars, brave equals stupid. Okay, that's, that's this right. is the, or can do, can do. I mean, we can't minimize the uh, the courageous effect of Mars. It's a very bold, courageous planet that will forge in where others fear to tread. So I'm, you know, all all respect to Mars and that, in that could also regard. be an indicator of more driverless cars. Oh yes, driverless Ubers, driverless right. trucks that do long right. hauls. I mean, we're we're on a cusp of truckers going of trucks going 3000 miles without having a driver in the driver's seat. I mean that will when Uranus goes into Gemini, I think that's going to happen. We're, it'll we'll be a we reality. have a couple yes. of years. We have right. a couple of years to do this, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. have to wrap our brains around this. Well, and, and the truth is they're having, they're struggling to find truck drivers. You know, people don't want to sit in the seat, you know, for however many hours a day. And now it's carefully regulated to sleep right. and so forth. So, right. yeah. So automation is, you know, probably, uh, I think, fairly certainly going to be a, mm-hmm. a, a key theme that, that we see coming up with the Aquarius and the Gemini right. that you just right. mentioned. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we'll be right back. We have taken uh, another break and we'll be right back with Lene Van okay. Horn. Thanks. Sure. and coach John M. Hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like, it's almost instant. Like, I had relief right away. Create better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Planet Speak. I'm your host, Jackie Slevin, and we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV Network. With me today is San Francisco astrologer Lene Van Horn, and we're talking about the year ahead, 2023, and what to expect with what's going on up there. So, Lene, we were talking about the Jupiter transit 
and all the other stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, uh, I wanted to touch on the fastest moving planets, Venus and Mercury, to uh, examine their cycles for the year. One interesting thing about Mercury, we all know that Mercury goes retrograde regularly. And in fact, it's quite a predictable pattern. It's three times a year, sometimes four times a year, like this year, if it happens to drill over the new year. Um, Typically, it's three times a year. Each retrograde period lasts approximately three weeks, and they're, you know, separated, so that Mercury retrograde will go into retrograde in same element. Okay, so this coming year, and in fact, we're in the middle of one already, Mercury is going retrograde in the element of Earth. And therefore, it will spend more time in Earth signs in 2023 than in all the other elements combined. Isn't that interesting? That is. So, yes. So this is a fascinating uh, fact. So we're going to have Mercury, the thinking, considering planet of commerce and communication in Earth signs, which of course are very practical and grounded and really want something effective to come from their from the work. And so and- our mental processes this year are going to be as a as a rule more stable, more productive, more practical, calmer, more grounded, more like is this going to make an actual measurable result out in the real world because I don't want to waste my effort if it's not going to produce something meaningful. So I think our thought process is the transaction. Yes, (laughs) this is it. Yes, yes. This is a good point, actually, because Mercury is the planet of commerce. Okay. And so we're, yes. And so we're talking, you know, good deal and practical things. Um, Probably not uh, a Bitcoin, you know, something that's based on nothing. Mercury wants something that's based on something. Hello. Talk about Jupiter. Talk about Neptune. Neptune and Pisces, and Ju- right? I mean, okay, it's very right. gold money. It's money, but it's not money. It is, but it's not, and it's it's, it's, it's value, wild. But it so, yeah, it's like the Wild West. It you is know? the Wild West. <laughs> the wild West. <laughs> and fortunes are made and lost, you know, practically, yes. practically overnight. So that's going to become less attractive, okay, with Mercury in these air signs, because again, we want something that's practical and grounded and uh, and and makes sense on a material plane, which right. uh, Bitcoin is a little bit, you know, marginal in that in that particular. Um, area. Another thing, you know, about earth signs is they're very sensual. Okay. They're, it's a, they're sensual signs. They're earth signs for goodness sakes. And so this is an excellent time to kind of, you know, do, to produce habits. Okay. Meaningful habits, write in your journal, um, whatever other mercurial, mercurial um, habit, good, good habits that you can establish this year to take advantage of the very practical and grounded nature of the earth signs. Well, the opportunity is here because next year it's going to be to a different element with different powers, different strengths, and different uh, challenges. But personally, I'm a big fan of Mercury in the Earth signs because of the grounded and practical and very um, uh, sensual and just common sense uh, that Mercury in Earth signs confers. I'm a fan of common sense. It's the so, big. It's the, the time to get organized. There's really the time to get organized. Yes, there will be no excuse for not knowing, not prioritizing your needs because. The situations will be a place for you to do that. It will be easy for you to prioritize your needs, to organize what you need to do, and to make deadlines. There won't right. be all these question marks all over the place. No, no. Things will be much more straightforward and clear. So let me give the listeners a little a little head up. We're in a Mercury retrograde period right now for until January the 18th. And then in April, 
Mercury will retrograde in Taurus. In August, it will retrograde in Virgo. And then next December, about the middle of December, it will retrograde once again in Capricorn. So we we have this long series here of Mercury retrogrades and Earth signs that we can uh, benefit from and take advantage of. So that's what I'm hoping we'll be able to be able to do. Then moving on to Venus, our our next door neighbor on the other side. Uh, you know, Venus is a she's just one of my absolute favorites, and to be truthful, has been one of my teachers and guides throughout my uh, uh, experience of astrology. So she only goes retrograde once every two years. She's the right. least retrograde of all of the planets. Right. Uh, only seven, only seven percent of the time. Yeah. Two yeah. years, two yeah. and a half years in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, so uh, she's going retrograde this year in Leo. That's going to happen in July, and uh, I have a little, I have a little list of things to do with, um, with uh, Venus in retrograde because it's a, it's a. Um, brief period that's unusual and has certain characteristics that are associated with it. So Venus is the is the planet that brings things together. And so it's associated with love and romance and relationships in that kind of way. And Venus retrograde is notorious for bringing back old loves to yes. people's lives. Notorious. Yes. Old flame you know, will return. You will, or even if you don't contact them, you'll find the pictures that they, they will come back into your life. That's, in one form that's or right. So it's really, it's really a, a notorious sign for having old uh, relationships come back into your life. Mm-hmm. That said, I think, I personally think that Venus retrograde periods are not a good time to either begin or end a relationship. Oh, no. That it's much better to take some time out to discuss very intimately and deeply the issues of the relationship and and to take this because it's a little bit like a timeout these retrograde periods or a timeout in the forward motion so we we reconsider we 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 look back we think where do we need to change where do we need to um, adjust ourselves to meet the current paradigm so it's really an excellent time venus retrograde is to work on relationships not a good time to begin or to end them oh no because if you end it it's just going to start up again a week later. So you had a big fight and, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, you walk at the door, you slam the door. It's over. It's not. If it isn't over. Right. right. It's not. Right. Yeah, so, so the, don't slam door. Don't stop out. Just say, right. that's right. Say I'm going for a walk around the block. Okay. And right. then you, and, and, and then you come back. It's okay mm-hmm. to leave as long as you've got a plan to come back. So don't start or end relationships now, but an excellent time to reconcile and to reconsider and to converse deeply with the object of your affection. Um, It's not a great time to invest or start a new bank account, but it is a great time to buy antiques. Okay. Don't buy expensive new things, but especially with great value, especially with the Mars entering cancer and trying Saturn. Mm-hmm. As you were you were mentioning earlier, Mars and Cancer mm-hmm. is antique. Cancer is the past. Saturn is often is the archaeology of the past. Cancer is the feelings. Saturn is mm-hmm. the archaeology, mm-hmm. and you will get excellent value for any antique yep. that yep. would be so purchased. Good, during good time. time for antique antique uh, people, and probably we would expect to see the value of antiques perhaps going up um, this year with these kinds of um right. because uh, so many things will no longer be necessary they will be from another world i mean mm-hmm. think, think of babies born now and, and and they'll look at a tv from the 50s and say what is that you know they won't even but worse to you and me that wouldn't be an antique but to them it will be so antiques right. get it. 
and think to get a whole new definition. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. I have a completely new definition. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Go ahead. Right. So, um, so that's that's basically what I have to say. Those are my little bullet points on Venus uh, retrograde. There, reconcile in relationships. Don't start or end them. Great time for buying old things. Good value. Right. Mm -hmm. Not the best time to have a party either. Or if you're going to have, if you're going to socialize, make it with people that you that you've known for years, or people to have a reunion. Venus retrograde is a wonderful time to have a reunion. That's a great idea. Right. It's a wonderful time for people from your past to get together and gather. But if you're going to a party for the first time with with people that you don't know. Not the best time to do that. Right. And plus it's in Leo. This Venus retrograde is in Leo. So they're, I would say a little bit double of that, of that effect. Right. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So Venus also with that station of Venus in July, the concept of going of movie theaters and Leo's entertainment is a very, it's a very different situation now because everybody streams the movies at home. and that sort of thing so i think we're going to see more theaters closing you know how there was always a big well at least in the part of the world where i live in there's there's movie theaters in these big shopping malls i think that's going to go the way of all things downstream because they don't fill up anymore right no no, because people just wait till it comes on i think i've only been to one movie since coronavirus ended Oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't streaming, even think I've streaming, been, streaming, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. streaming. Everything is streaming. You can get movies from the past. You can get everything on your little iPad. You can watch a movie mm-hmm. on your phone. You right. don't need to stand in line to buy a ticket to put gas in your car to drive to the theater. So the whole thing, the whole idea, concept of entertainment will change. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. That's I hadn't even gone down that road before sure that's very yeah. interesting and really really fascinating so so uh think. let me give you the dates on these which is okay. august the 13th oh no 20 um july 22nd is actually july the 22nd. day that yeah. that venus goes retrograde she conjoins the sun which is that really super important middle point uh, and that's august 13 and then her direct uh, uh direct station is on september 3rd at 12 yeah. leo so so this again will be the signs are mostly impacted by this venus retrograde so again if you're leo a taurus a scorpio or a um uh what else do we have here uh a taurus, taurus aquarius. aquarius aquarius there yeah. we were the last next big sign yes. um you you will be more impacted by this leo retrograde than others so yeah. uh, so it's you know it's worthwhile to put these in your calendar and make a note and uh, and anticipate them so you can get the best out of them this is the value of knowing this astrology in advance right. because then right. you, you're you're listening to the cosmic wind as it were the weather report and you can adjust your behavior accordingly so yeah and leo is children leo is creativity leo is mm-hmm. children and yep. I hope we don't see more escalation of the viruses impacting children. That oh, that would be that. bad. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, children's rights and that sort of thing. Well, like, yes, um, and anything else with Leo? Of course, uh, you Leo, you get the kings, the leadership. That's another oh. feature of uh, of, of Leo is the. Yeah. The kings, uh, royalty, uh, kings, and leadership in general, and so they, uh, it, with Venus retrograde in this particular sign, we may see more impacts on leaders than we ordinarily would with uh, with the Venus retrograde, simply because the sign that it's in and its affiliation with uh, kings, rulers, presidents, and government government heads, mm-hmm. and could be responsibilities being shifted 
from those areas. I mean, is the monarchy a figurehead? How much power do they actually have? All right. And that will vary from country to country. And I think we're going to see a change in that. And it's so interesting. We just got the British monarchy because we've right. had such an incredible sea change and everybody's right. been on pins and needles waiting. Oh my God, Queen Elizabeth, you know, what, right. what will happen when she dies? And then it, it happens so suddenly. I mean, on Tuesday, she was at work. On Thursday morning, she was dead. You, you, you know, I just have most respect for her. You know, she gave that talk when she was um, very, I think only 21. And she gave that incredible talk, you know, she, in her horoscope, she has the South Node on her ascendant, which is yes. not what you would ordinarily expect for a person who, you know, reigned over a major country for 63 years or however long. So, but she gave the speech when she was young that just perfectly encapsulated this South Node on the ascendant and the, and the really sacrifice that that kind of infers. And she said... I, I, this is a quote, I, I just remembered. I swear before you all that I will dedicate my entire life, whether short or long, to the service of England and the Commonwealth. I mean, it sends chills up and down and my she spine. Did, she and did she, just did. she did. She did that. She did. And we'll 100%. be right back to talk more about the Queen and everything else. <laughs> what if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Planet Speak. I'm your host, Jackie Slevin, and we're coming to you live from the Bull Brave TV Network. With me today is San Francisco astrologer Linne Van Horn, and we're talking about the transits of 2023. Linne, tell us about well, what's going to happen with the nodes changing sign. First, we had to clarify exactly what the nodes are for our listeners. Mm. Okay, so, you know, the nodes are an interesting little piece of astrology. First of all, 
you've heard of them, the North Node and the South Node, the head of the dragon and the tail of the dragon. dragon. But the funny things about them is it's not like other planets that you can touch. You can't touch the nodes, okay? They're just points in space that show the uh, confluence of the sun's orbit with the moon's orbit. What's important about them is that they carry the eclipses, okay? So they fit the nodes go backwards okay they're the only uh point in the in the whole zodiac that goes backwards against the normal direction of the signs and they spend about 18 months in each sign and it the whole cycle takes 18.6 years so the last uh year or year and a half they've been in uh in taurus and scorpio and now in july this year the nodes will shift backwards to aries and to libra so that is as it may, and of course, we, we then see a greater uh, emphasis on the signs of Aries and Libra, which will be self versus others uh, in a, in, to encapsulate that, that uh, uh, axis or that uh, dynamic very succinctly and simply, uh, self versus others. So the uh, nodal attention will move away from economics of the Scorpio and Taurus into the more uh, personal uh, relationship. From a personal level, the thing that I love when the North Node moves into Aries is because there's another super important piece of this uh, nodal cycle that is unfortunately, it will, number one, it is super, super visible and easy to see in the sky, but only if you're looking. <laughs> and so the thing that happens when the moon is, uh, when the lo- lunar node is in Aries is that the moon is having its widest and most extreme risings and settings that is possible during the entire 18.6 year cycle. So these extreme risings and settings only happen a handful of times over the course of a couple of years. And we are moving in to that point of the cycle where the extremes are happening now. And in fact, you can easily go out and see them. And the technique or the, um, the way to view this is very, very simple. You just have to keep track of where the moon is so you can get a little astrology calendar or a little app on your phone. I use Deluxe Moon that tells you what sign is the moon in and when, what time does it come up and what time does it set. So when, just like the sun in the winter solstice, which we just had here in the northern hemisphere, the sun is rising very far south. And you notice in the winter that the sun comes in different windows uh, than it does during the summer. And this is a this is a function of the, of the declination that we're talking about here. And the moon does the same thing. So when the moon gets down to the signs of, of uh, the solstice of uh, Sagittarius and Capricorn, where the winter solstice is, Right now, it's in a very extreme location outside the bounds of the moon. So it will rise further south and set further south than the sun ever does. And it will hardly get very much elevation in sky. And you'll see it's remaining very, very low in the sky. So when the moon is in Gemini, uh, when it's in uh, Sagittarius and Capricorn, you go out whenever you can see the moon. The phase doesn't matter because the moon is going to be visible sometime during the day or night every single day except for three days out of the month okay so the phase doesn't matter it's the sign of the moon so you go out and you kind of watch it rise you see how high it gets you watch it set you're like whoa i can barely see it it's barely clearing the horizon over there but then two weeks later 
when the moon is in Gemini and Cancer, you can see me waving and gesticulating here because that's where it is in my sky. Um, you go, oh my God, look, the moon's like way up there. What is it doing way up there? And then it gets very, very high in the sky and then it sets very far north. So the moon is appearing right now in these two locations at the extremes at the solstice points of the zodiac, the moon is appearing outside of its normal boundaries, like to an extreme. And this is so interesting because this cycle is so visible. And if you watch the moon, there is no way that you have not already noticed it. So our ancients, you know, made all these, uh, the, the Paleolithic, they made these incredible megalithic monuments that marked these extreme risings and settings of the moon. It's called the lunar standstill cycle. And this major one that we're going into now, the major lunar standstill, that's the name of it and what it's called. (laughs) Pardon my coughing. So that's where we're moving right now. So it's very, very simple for listeners to um, anchor into this cycle by watching the moon two weeks and two weeks later at the other extreme, and it will bounce back and forth every two weeks. And so every night, the moon is like in this wildly different place, and it's just so, so fun to watch. All right. Now, what are the dates of that, Lene? You said that this is happening Oh, it's now. already happening. So in every single month now, this is happening. That's why right. it's so available to us. Every right. single month, the moon is going outside the limits of the bounce at these, at these extremes. So the thing is to watch when the moon is in Gemini, and cancer, you look south for the moon when the moon is in, um, is in uh, excuse me, Sagittarius and Capricorn, you look south. When it's in Gemini and cancer, you look north. And you will see how the incredibly wide amount of sky that is taken up now by these, by these uh, lunar visibility. So the moon is so important because it has to do with the people, it has to do with birth rates, water, real estate it has just so much (coughs) pardon me and then the um, the the, the fishing laws are going are undergoing a change and that's that's going to play a big role with this so the moon, this, this moon, when it's at, at its extremes, is sort of considered a little bit unstable because it's just wildly right. fling itself around. And by the same way or the same token, we might say that public response is also a little bit more uh, unbounded and, you know, out of the normal uh, purview of what we might expect. And then and oppose this to... Uh, uh, nine years in the future, when the North Node is in Libra, then we will have the minor standstill where the moon never even reaches the bound of the sun. So it's a little bit, you know, kind of boring in that particular part of it. That's where we're moving in to the most exciting part of this cycle visually anyway. Um, so I wanted readers to be alert and listeners to be alert because this is so, so easy to to observe in your own in your own sky with a little and app. all we have to do is look out our window find the best window that gives us the highest rate of visibility and look right. at the moon and we're going to see how much visibility and how bright yes. and, and you, the you, you won't be able to see them out of the same window there is no right. way you you have a southern window to look at the at, right. the, uh, at the sagittarius and capricorn moon and an entirely different window to look at the gemini wow. and cancer moon you probably have to go out you might have, might to, have go to go outside, outside actually. Lene, oh you have given us so much information. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank it's so fun to be here. And how can people contact you? Oh, my website, astrologeratlarge.com. You can just email me right through my website. There's a little, you know, a little uh, message me uh, 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 um, uh, 
application uh, there for it. So give me, you know, give me a call, give me an email. It would be great to see you, get to know you. If you have any response or any questions, I'm more than happy to um, to um, answer them. So well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much, Jackie. Thank you so much for being here today, folks. And I'm Jackie Slevin, you, uh, geocosmicstudies.com. If you want to drop a line, ask a question. Both of us do horoscope readings if either of you are interested. And thank you so much for being here today on Planet Speak. And we'll see you next week with another guest. Bye for now. This has been Planet Speak with host Jackie Slevin. Tune in each week as we look at the horoscopes of famous people, events on the world stage, and observe the correlation between as above, so below. Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Bull Brave TV Network.